Talk Show is brought to you by Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. You are listening to Let's Talk About It with your show host, the celebrity doc, Dr. Cheryl Bryant-Bruce. This is Dr. Cheryl Bryant-Bruce, MD, the celebrity doc, and we are here with Chatters That Matter. Let's talk about it. Chatters That Matters is our runaway hit internet radio and television talk show broadcasting on the EMBC TV network, iHealth Radio, YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much anywhere you look. We feature excited, timely talk with show host, the celebrity doc, that's me, and my co-host, Hickam Ellen Mati, a.k.a. Hurricane H, on all matters, health and wellness related that concern contemporary urban dwellers worldwide. Hear informative bites on nutrition, fitness, image management, psychosocial interactions, sexuality, preventive health and disease management, finance, politics, current events, and more. Get set for provocative guest interviews and lively, sometimes outrageous discussions with you, our listeners, front and center. This is your show, Chatters That Matters. Let's talk about it. And tonight... We are featuring a celebrated guest with our show, Atomic Dog, Health and Longevity, Health and Longevity for You and Your Furry Friends. Bow wow wow, yiddy yo, yiddy yay. <laughs> our guest is none other than Jody Miller Young, who is a natural pet wellness expert and coach. Jody is the host of the podcast the hound healer and she is a certified pet homeopathic educator so this is not your ordinary vet and jody is here tonight to tell us all about pet health and uh jody we are happy to have you with us Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Cheryl and Hurricane H. I really appreciate being here. And I'm excited to share about pet wellness, natural pet wellness with your audience. Wow. Uh, so, I have, I'm sorry. Ahead, I, I was just going to say, I, I am actually delighted because this will be my first actually show talking about, you know, pets and, uh, you know, uh, so so I am excited about this one. I, I was just talking to dude earlier and yes, let's do this. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, Jody, can you tell us what is a homeopathic pet healer? Well, I don't only use homeopathy, but one of the things that I've studied is this hundreds of year old um, art meets science medical practice called homeopathy. It's energy medicine. And because 
We're all made up of energy. Everything in our bodies and everything around us is all energy. This medicine, when you match it correctly with the symptoms of that individual person or individual animal, will one by one make those symptoms disappear. It's almost like magic, but it's not magic. It literally is the sort of resonating of energy between the remedy and the body. So that's one of the things that I teach pet parents, the basics of it, so they could do it at home, especially for acute situations more than chronic, because chronic is more complicated. Um, But I also work with other modalities. I work with um, frequency healing, nutrition is the foundation of the house. Uh, So I teach my pet parents about what good nutrition looks like for their animal and why. And, um, And there are certain things that I've learned over the years that help mitigate the world that we live in, which has a lot of toxicity and it affects us and it also affects our, our fur babies. So I help pet parents learn about how to mitigate that and how to avoid additional toxicity. Right. And these things are essential for the longevity of, of our pets. Exactly. Um, now, I know that Hurricane had some burning questions that he had about pets. So I'm going to let him get his questions out <laughs> before I drift this. Because I want to go, sure, H. I want to make sure he gets those questions Absolutely answered. He's been go. holding them since last week. Okay. Well, well, well so, so I have to say, I mean, uh, pets, it, it's... It's a topic that that is almost neglected in a lot of discussions, and I, you know, and I, that's why I was excited about today. And really, the first thing, like you and I were just having this discussion about how I had pets when I was a kid, uh, you know, and uh, eventually, as I grew up, I you know, I lost a couple of them, and then I decided never to have pets again because it was just you know responsibility and uh, the importance of having our friends, our furry friends, as you know, we refer to them, you know. There is, there is a bond that happens, right? And, yes. uh, you know, the, the issue that, that I've seen is that people sometimes, oh, there it is. Look at oh, <laughs> delicious. What is her or his name? This is Rosie. Rosie, aren't you a, a pretty girl? She's a toy poodle. <laughs> she's she precious. Spoiled right. rotten. She's like an apricot and, and beige. Yes. Like a really um, she- cool combo. Yeah, she actually Sorry, started H. out as a red, <laughs> and then she has over turned time. all of these party colors over time. You know, she's she's groomed, cut down right now, but when her hair is longer, um, she looks like one of those FAO Schwartz toys, and oh. she has all of this gold streaking in her hair, so she doesn't even look like a real dog. Wow. Well, I will match your rosy <laughs> for... I have nothing to mention you guys with. (laughs) (laughs) This is Annabelle. Oh, hi, honey. Yes, you're on camera. Yes. She is a chihuahua, and everything you've heard about chihuahuas is true. It's chihuahua is real, and it's in this body. Yes, yes. Yes. Chihuahuas are the big dogs. Oh, please. Uh, Napoleon complex (laughs) on steroids. Absolutely, absolutely, ladies. I can't match this. I mean, I, I, I don't have okay. any anything else with me here. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna answer your questions too. I wanna help you understand better um, about pet health. 
well, and so, what makes good pet health. So bring it on. Well, so before we get to the health part, I, I want to, the reason I, I, I mentioned the idea of, you know, no pets and stuff. So my kids yeah. have been bugging out about, you know, having pets and they've been really yeah. asking me about, can I have a cat? Can I have a dog? And I'm like, well, we can't. And actually I put them to the test and I, I, you know, got a kitten and, you know, they love cats. So my wife is allergic to them, but, you know, we could certainly work oh. something out of that. Yeah. But I mean, that was one main reason, but, but so we said, okay, let's try. And we got yeah. the baby, you know, kitten and so cute, but then I don't want to have the one taking care of the baby, not them. So, so, so the first thing that I wanted to bring is that I think we, we want to educate people about like the responsibility that comes with owning, you know, or, or, or bringing, I would not say even owning, bringing somebody, you know, uh, alive, you know, uh, you know, it's their friends. They're our. I mean, we we say, I mean, dogs. I their mean, family. They're, they're family, but and our, actually, our fur babies are somebody's. They are exactly. somebody's. They're fur they, people. That's yeah, right. Yes, that's right. Yes, so yes. they are with us, but but we need to understand the responsibility that comes with 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 the you know belonging together. Sure. It is. It is. There is a love. There's. I. I mean, pets really are very sensitive, and they feel that's like we do. They react right. to everything. They can sense. And to your point, energy is big. If if you can, they can literally sense evil versus good. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You can tell them like they come to you, they look at you, they gauge you, and then either they love you or they're like, "Whoa, that's it," you know. And there, everything yeah. goes up. But so so, yeah. if my dog growls at you, I'm done. I am done with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> well, well so, I mean, you know, I trust the dog's instinct better than I trust my own. <laughs> well, he, they both look at me. I was good. <laughs> but, but you know I, I, we're joking but but the fact is really i i've seen that happen where you know uh they they just sense that you know like yeah mm, this person is not right or whatever and sometimes they just literally they come to you they cuddle up and they out of nowhere and some of these dogs can be real big dogs and i'm talking about yeah. real you know german shepherds whatever but they still oh, yeah. come to you they respect you they give you the love and and but but you know going back to the the core piece here is that for our audiences, you know, understanding that when you have someone, a pet with you, and I'm not going to say someone in this case, you know, that that's going to be part of your life. And that's the other thing. It's a bond for life until that do us part, as we say. Yes. I mean, and yes. it's, it's, I mean, obviously their lifestyle or their life cycles more younger or shorter than, than human. Uh, so, so sometimes, you know, you go through one or two, you know, family members, and it's very difficult. And, and so I was trying mm-hmm. to explain to my kids that, you know, this is not just about having a pet. This is having a member of family that you're going to have to take care of medically. Yes. And we're going to talk about that. Also, just just a relationship. You, gotta, you need to take care of them. You're going to take them out. You're going to you know play with them. You like uh, I have a, a great, great friend who actually uh, adopted this this gorgeous, gorgeous German Shepherd. And now uh, I think uh, is a hybrid, but but he's he's big dude right now it's big it's a big dog and 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 but lovely but he's part of the family uh he grew up with his child and that and 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 now he travels it is difficult to leave him behind a week two mm-hmm. weeks i mean they the sensitivity level is high i mean he really feels upset i mean the, the dog is named lord so hey lord <laughs> you know he gets upset because you know yeah. uh, he was neglected or left not neglected but left you know in in a camp which is fine it's a vacation home for a week but it's not the same as being family so again sure. I, th- 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 that was the first thing i wanted to discuss is just the 
the, the, the relationship and the importance of understanding what it means to have that in your coaching world and how you, you present this to people, because that's important, the first piece of it. And then obviously the rest of it is nutrition and health and everything yeah, else that comes. We can well, unpack all of that. Yeah, sure. Please. Well, for and the first piece. Say, uh, Jody, to say that uh, the biggest portion of, of health for a pet and for a pet parent is that relationship. The relationship like fuels everything else. Most of the pet parents who come to me and hire me or take my course, they're already very emotionally attached to their animals. And they, mm -hmm. they're coming to me because they want to do the best they can for them. So to just kind of dial back a little bit in terms of what you were talking about, H, is... Science has shown us through actual experiments of training dogs to go th through MRI machines and test their emotions when an owner comes in, a stranger comes in, you know, various scenarios over time has shown us that they feel what we feel. Mm -hmm. They feel what we feel. Now, pet parents knew that already. We know this. You know this. You were a pet parent when you were growing up. So it's nothing new, but now it's science. So given that, um, there are certain key elements that are need to be a part of taking good care of your animal. Mm -hmm. One is that animal needs to get the love every day that they emotionally need as sentient beings like us, right? Um, so you need to be careful in the way that you discipline animals. It needs to be done with love and with structure Absolutely. and with continuity. Um, they need the right nutrition. And if that means doing research, talking to people who know more than you, what you feed them is critical because nutrition is the foundation of the house. And mm -hmm. if the house is not built on a strong foundation, it's going to collapse under the weight of everything else in the world that we live in. Now, let's talk about that point right there, because a lot of pet owners overlove their pet and they think that they're giving the pet treats and they're sharing their hot dog and, and their junk with the, the pet or they're, they're feeding them highly seasoned table foods. Can you tell us why that's not good for the pet? And as much as you love your pet, how that's not showing love, but that's actually doing harm. Well, they presumably know that junk food and highly seasoned food is bad for them. And for the same reasons, it's bad for their animal. And their animals' um, systems are not used to this kind of poison on a regular basis. And just like with people, if you eat McDonald's all the time, which, by the way, is kind of like what feeding kibble is. It's like feeding McDonald's every meal. What's going to happen to you over time is you're going to get sick. Symptoms mm -hmm. are going to pop up. And depending on how you handle those symptoms, they can turn into eventually disease. So having your animal on a diet that is living food, 
fresh living food. So I believe that a raw diet is the healthiest diet for our animals. Why? Because the living enzymes that are retained in raw food that are not cooked out by heat. Um, and with kibble, it's a very, very high heat, the same with wet food. Um, and less so, but also with dehydrated food, there is no heat and freeze dried. So that's another option. Again, not as good as raw. And even with cooking, home cooking, unless you're searing very lightly, you're cooking out those raw, raw enzymes, killing them. Those raw enzymes are responsible for getting those nutrients through the small intestine and into the body of your animal so that they can use them for energy for all parts of their body. And it is such an important function. So what you choose to feed is critical. So that junk food, that seasoned food, you know, other things, things sometimes that pet parents don't educate themselves on that are actually toxic mm. to dogs, onions, uh, chocolate, the darker right. the chocolate, the more toxic, um, mm -hmm. raisins, grapes, mm -hmm. um, you know, you need to educate yourselves. It's very, very important. So it's interesting that you said that because another thing that comes from feeding this junk food and or feeding a, you know, high carb diet is they gain weight. And there are a lot, just like with people, especially in this country, same with pets, Doggy diabetes, pet obesity. Mm -hmm. And just like with people, it is very, very hard on their internal organs. Their heart has to work so much harder. Their kidneys and liver have to process so much more because of what they're putting in. So the piece that, and this was perfect, a perfect lead in Dr. Cheryl with what you brought up that I was getting to is exercise is another super important thing you have to commit to if you're going to have a pet. And they need as much exercise as you possibly can give them. And the choice that you make in terms of the type of dog you get, let's say, should coincide with your lifestyle. So if you're not a runner or a hiker or somebody who is really out and about doing high level energetic exercise with your animal, don't get an Australian shepherd. You know, right. don't get a dog that needs a lot of exercise. Get a chihuahua or a poodle or, you know, a dog that needs exercise, but not nearly as much. So be thoughtful about the animal that you bring into your life and make sure it matches your lifestyle. And in terms of kids. Back you up on that poodle. Because poodles are high energy dogs. And if you don't give them enough exercise, then you get into bad poodle behaviors. And bad poodle. poodles are extremely smart. They and are also extremely, uh, extremely sensitive. So if you aren't exercising them enough and they get into bad poodle behavior and you start disciplining them, then you get worse poodle behavior because you've now hurt their feelings. Oh, dear. So, yeah. Every dog needs exercise. Yes. Every dog. It's the levels of exercise that they need. So just do your research. And in terms of kids, Absolutely. it depends on how old they are 
and how and what your expectations are. Sometimes it starts, I found it starts with doing things together and Mm -hmm. making it something fun, like they're, you know, the sister or the brother or the mommy or the daddy for this doggy mm-hmm. that's theirs and their, their baby to take care mm-hmm. of and make sure that they grow up into a healthy animal. So sometimes that helps in terms of how, ooh, how you introduce and, you know, the excitement around getting involved. And they have to be old enough to be ready. Right. They do. Well, and, and, and what age do you feel like they're old enough to be ready? I can only speak to my own experience um, raising a daughter and we always had dogs, but Mm -hmm. she, I think that 10, around 10, you know, 11, they're, they're able to not only understand why it's important that what, needs to be done to take good care of an animal needs to be done, but they're able to do it. Yeah. And it's important um, that, that you understand that even though 10 is probably an optimal age to start thinking about handing off the responsibility of a pet to a child, um, certainly you can have a pet from the child time the child is born, but your yes. expectation has to be that you are going to be the pet parent and caring for the dog or the cat or whatever it is. You cannot expect your five-year-old to be a responsible pet parent. You can't expect your five-year-old to help you with the pet, um, maybe taking the dog dish for the pet. You know, those are uh, teaching exactly. skills of, 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 of discipline and responsibility, but you cannot give all of the responsibility to the no. five-year-old and think it's going to go well. It's not fair to the five-year-old and it's not fair to the pet. And there's another piece of this too. When young children grow up with an animal in the house and watch their parents' examples of the kindness, you know, Mm -hmm. the concern, the care, um, this helps them learn empathy, nurturing. Again, lots of studies have been done about criminals um, who who perform crimes against people. Many of them started with animals. Mm -hmm. And obviously they, you know, were raised in an environment where they didn't have that kind of role model. Right. So it's another piece, you know, kids learn to emulate their parents, you know, where are mm-hmm. their first role models, right? They're, where their first male and female role models. So it's an opportunity to teach them empathy and responsibility and care and to get exercise. You know, this kind of leads into why pets are good for our health, you know, adults, too, right. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's the emotional connection, right? Um, pets have been, you know, my go-to when I'm really upset and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily feel like talking to people. 
I yes. talk to my dogs, right? Yes. I, I, I give them a hug. They kiss me. I'm like. And no attitude. I'm sorry. No attitude. <laughs> and, yes. and don't talk back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So the emotional component is huge. Um, the exercise component is huge. Uh, they've also been shown scientifically to lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure. Um, so there's real health, physiological health benefits to having an animal. Um, so yeah, it's, there's lots of, there's lots of benefits, but you have to be ready you have to be ready because there's there are also, as you mentioned, um, H, lots of responsibility. And you have to be ready and willing for that. Otherwise, it's more responsible to say, not now. Well, right. Yeah. So I, right. I and yeah. so with my kids, I we went to that route and they still actually, but by the way, this started as you said, well, they were eleven. Now they're like 15, 16, you know, so they're, they're, they're a little older. So like, what well, we understand now we, we can handle it. It's like, okay, well, now that takes us to this discussion where uh, now they're getting to become older and more mature and things, but yeah. the responsibility doesn't go away. It's still there. And understanding what else that needs that you talked about food and nutrition, right? Uh, you know, that's, that's something I think we can even dissect further because people, in their own household, they don't eat. I mean, nutrition is big in every household these days. So if we yeah. as humans are not even taking care of our nutrition correctly, there is a very good chance we're not going to do the right thing by our, you know, very friends. And that's that's a big question right there. Uh, you mentioned about all the different foods that that are wrong for you, just like the McDonald's and things for us. Yes. But but those are the ones that we hear and see all the time everywhere. Yes. I mean, yes. media is blessed in, you know, your stuff yes. is out there and people are like, okay, I'm going to buy me a bag of these things. It's a business. It, it is, is right. a business. And there are a lot of pet parents who want to do the right thing, but they just don't know better. They just don't know better. Um, kibble is on the bottom of the food vitality pyramid, wow. followed by wet food, canned food. Because again, high heat exposure, and also the kinds of things, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the details here because it's really nauseating that they put in dry food to make it like crack for dogs. <laughs> um, food enhancers like putrescine, which comes from like decaying animals. Mm -hmm. um, there have been things found by undercover agents in the production facilities that make their way into this food. And it's not only dry food, it just happens more often in kibble. Um, right. Like euthanized animals. There have been cases that are still pending where animals have become extremely sick or died because they ate canned food that had the drug that is used to euthanize animals in the food because euthanized dead animals were in that food. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. And the reason why the FDA can get away with this is because pet food is not considered food. It's considered feed. And the <laughs> rules and regulations around feed are way different than right. human-grade food. Right. So, 
If you're going to buy food, the first thing you should do is look for on the bag, on the can, on the package, human grade ingredients. Not on the website. Mm-hmm. Get away with that. But mm-hmm. listed on the bag or the can. But I would really, and I do um, encourage pet parents to look to, if they want the convenience of food, they don't need to refrigerate. They can just take out the bag and break up and put some water in or not. Freeze dried better than dehydrated because Mm -hmm. frozen keeps the nutrients in 97% of them. And the dehydrating process doesn't. Um, But if you can manage raw, it's more expensive. Freeze dried's not cheap either, but we get what we pay for with everything in life. Let me ask you a question uh, about raw, because one of the arguments always against raw is because yes. it's not cooked that um, the, the animal may get exposed to bacteria. My argument against that is that I'm sorry, but dogs and cats are not cooking in the wild and they're eating their food raw. So I don't feel me- like that's a very valid argument. It's not. If and you're, it if is, you're taking, I mean, if you're preparing the food and keeping it correctly. Yes. Now, I mean, if you get the raw food and you, you sit it out on the counter and Correct. you leave it there for a couple of days, it's going to be a Correct. problem. You know? Correct. There are two big reasons why this myth that and I'm not a vet basher. I do believe I'm not a vet. Number one, I'm a pet wellness coach. Um, I work with a lot of vets. Um, But there are many vets out there who perpetuate this myth. Uh, The two reasons, big reasons, are that the acid content in a dog's stomach, in a pet's stomach, is way, way, way by many, many times greater than ours. Mm -hmm. So they're able, the acid in their stomachs break down bone, gristle, and kills everything in there. Okay. That is not to say that a pet has never come down with a parasite, Mm -hmm. but I would also, or bacteria, but I would also say that if your animal has a strong immune system and a healthy gut of which raw food contributes, and that has been uh, shown in studies, then it's very unlikely for them to pick things up. So that's number one. Number two is the transit time between eating and digesting is much shorter in dogs and cats than in people. So it just doesn't stay in there as long. Um, And and their digestive tracts are much shorter, hence the shorter digestion time. So for those reasons, um, this is something that should not deter pet parents from trying raw. And um, seeing the difference in their animals, I have had people take my course, transition their animals to a much healthier diet and have seen chronic conditions like chronic ear infections or eye infections just disappear, disappear Mm -hmm. and not come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So diet is foundation of the house. Now, let's talk again about myths, because, you know, again, there are a lot of myths surrounding pets. And Uh one of those myths or one of those uh, mistaken beliefs is that dogs are carnivores. 
And in fact, dogs are omnivores. <laughs> they need they need vegetables. You know, they need fruits. They need a varied diet. diet. Um, they are also omnivores, so you can be vegetarian, but your pet probably shouldn't because they also need that meat. They need a balanced diet. There are so many schools of thought about this, guys. It is not a very simple question to answer, but I will say this. Dogs are considered omnivores. So they have, over the centuries, um, adapted to their humans and the way their humans eat. And for the most part, they can handle what we eat. So meat... I feel should still be the main part of their diet because the level of protein and nutrients that they get from the meat, and I'm not just talking, this is another really important piece, not just talking about muscle meat, I'm talking about organ meat too and bone. Mm -hmm. Very important. Do you want to hear the coolest thing? Yes. (laughs) If you have a heart issue for Mm -hmm. your dog, let's say, has a heart issue, and they eat heart, raw heart, the vitamins and nutrients in that raw heart will help strengthen their own heart. Same with (laughs) liver for liver, kidney for kidney, lungs for lungs. I have fed my dogs every, and my, my cat too, everything except eyeballs. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but there is a place that I order from where you can get eyeballs, but I just haven't done it yet. Um, but it's very, very important. So organ meats, bone, raw meaty bones are something dogs love and it's great for their teeth. My Annie, she's the most ferocious of the bunch. She's to see her go at her raw meaty bone, don't you get near her until she's done. Right. Don't. So, <laughs> Jeff's definitely a chihuahua thing. Yes. And they're all afraid of her. They all know the chihuahua is the boss. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it's a great way to get them wonderful vitamins and minerals in these raw meaty bones. And, and you get the ones that are appropriate for your animal. You're not going to give a 60 or 70 pound dog a small marrow bone because they could choke on it. And you're not going to give a chihuahua a huge elk bone because it's not manageable. So not only does it give them these vitamins and minerals, but it also helps naturally brush their teeth and stimulate their gums. Critical Mm -hmm. helps get that tartar off of their teeth, right? So because a healthy mouth, same with people, right? It contributes to a healthy body. If you have bad teeth and diseased gums, gingivitis and all that stuff, that's a precursor to heart disease, kidney disease, et cetera. And and the third thing, and same with pets. And the third thing that raw meaty bones do is something that Dr. Jeff Feynman, who is a holistic vet, that is one of my mentors, uh, I think coined called the happiness protocol, which mm-hmm. is it's scientifically proven that the more you do of the things your animal, that individual animal loves, the healthier they're going to be because the release of endorphins when they're doing something very happy 
it strengthens their immune system. A stronger immune system helps fight off disease and keeps their body stronger and more stable. So Mm -hmm. the raw meaty bones, there aren't many dogs who don't love them once they get used to them. um, If they don't take to them immediately, it's the happiness protocol as well. So it covers a lot of ground. So yes, meat for me should be the main focus, but I feed my dogs uh, an assortment of different colored vegetables. Um, I make it a little bit easier for myself because I'm so busy. So I'll, I'll buy organic frozen vegetables and I'll steam them. Um, it's just a little quicker than chopping and, um, but all those vitamins are in there and Mm -hmm. I make sure that, you know, they get a balance, they get a balance and also fruits, you know, fruits Mm -hmm. are great for them too. The berries are great. Um, uh, I didn't realize until a little while ago that squash is a fruit. Mm-hmm. Avocado is a fruit. Yes. Um, so tomatoes all of this, yeah, tomatoes, all of these things are great for them as well. So mm-hmm. I mix it up with my guys. And um, I think that that's wise for, for pet parents to think about. Just, just, just listening to you right now. I mean, it sounds that actually the diet that they need is is a lot easier and cheaper probably than the food that they would buy in in those it's definitely bags. cheaper. I mean, it's definitely healthier, cheaper. It's more affordable, more accessible because it's available to us as well, and and so it's Correct. a lot easier to do that, and it's more Correct. natural and readily, you know. And, and to your point, it's it's already studied. And your proven. dog likes it better. Exactly. Oh yes. Oh, they run to the dinner bowl. And this is my Sophie, who's around here somewhere, was a very, very picky eater. I used to sit when she was like a puppy and one or two by her bowl during mealtime, just fretting like, you know, an upset mommy. Why won't you eat? Let me feed you something else. Let me try this. Let me hand feed you. I mean, it drove me nuts. She Mm -hmm. now runs to the bowl. And part of that is homeopathy. It Mm -hmm. literally changed that as well as other things uh, Mm -hmm. about Sophie. Um, And part of it is the food that she's eating. But there's another piece that's very important for pet parents to know. And it's because of the world that we've created, which is a pretty toxic environment, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And it's in the air we breathe. It's in the water we drink. It's in the food we eat. It's in the rain that falls. It's in the soil. So whatever we're eating, even like for me, when I I live in Austin now, Mm -hmm. when I moved to Texas, I researched a couple of ranches that are not using antibiotics and hormones. They're not using pesticides and herbicides, but those animals are still grazing on grass that's rained on growing out of soil. That's all toxic. And that toxicity resides and stays in their muscle meat. And every Mm -hmm. time they eat, it just compounds. And then it goes into us and our pets. So how do we mitigate this? Because that's one thing is diet. Then there's could be cleaning products in your home, could be air, the grass they walk on. Was it sprayed last week and you didn't know? Um, there are so, there's a host of, of things. So 
I was fortunate enough to learn about a scientist. His name is Dr. Max Champy, who, along with his colleague, Phil Catalano, um, were part of a think tank in probably about 10, 12 years ago, probably 12 years ago for a company. And they were looking into something called Carbon 60. I'm mm-hmm. guaranteeing most of your pet parents listening to this, most of the people listening to this have never heard of Carbon 60. What Max and Phil discovered as research scientists is that it retains some extremely powerful antioxidant qualities. They found that this relatively new molecule of carbon discovered in the mid 80s by three scientists who won a Nobel Prize for it in the mid 90s, mm-hmm. um, that it is the most powerful antioxidant on the planet, 172 to 270 times stronger than vitamin C and vitamin E. Mm. And they also found through a board certified 30 plus year toxicologist who researched it for a couple of years that there's no toxicity level for people or pets. So 10 years ago, Max used it on his 88 year old mother and himself. She had Alzheimer's within three months. She got her driver's license within five months. She retook it with no glasses. She's needed glasses for her driving test since she's 42 and passed. And he bought her a little smart car and she was tooling around Denver. (laughs) Another colleague of his, Dr. Loretta Ivory, she has macular degeneration. She needed to get those shots in her eyes. Because of C60, she no longer needed the shots. She regained some, not all, but some of her vision. Her dog, her young dog had lipomas, which are fatty tumors. They're not malignant. Um, With taking the C60, that went away. Max's dog, he cured of heart disease with the C60. Mm -hmm. There are many, many stories of pets and people whose bodies once they were freed of some of these free radicals, which we also call oxidative stress, were able mm-hmm. to do with what they're designed to do. Our bodies are designed to heal, but we always get in its way right. by what we feed it, by not mitigating stress, by not mitigating the toxicity in the environment, et cetera, and so forth. C60 is a wonderful supplement for people and pets. And I am, I sent you guys links for people to check it out for themselves, Mm -hmm. their families, their kids, and their animals. Um, It is a wonderful, wonderful supplement. I take it. All my guys take it. Um, Yeah. And then in terms of our pets, because the gut, and this is for people too, 90% of what I teach for pet parents applies to them as well, to people. Um, The gut is the center of wellness and the gut and the brain are connected by something called the vagus nerve. It's like the hotline. They communicate all day long on the hotline. And when there's something wrong in the gut, 
there's an imbalance, there's an overgrowth of a bad bacteria, et cetera, because of the food. And kibble does this. Dry food ha has promoted uh, the gut microbiome to be unbalanced. Um, mm -hmm. But when there is an imbalance, this is what triggers other health issues. So supporting the gut is really, really important. So just like, you know, some doctors will tell us, take a prebiotic or take a probiotic or enzymes. Um, it's the same with our dogs. There are wonderful probiotics and they're soil-based, not mm -hmm. milk-based. They're soil-based for dogs because that is more like what, what goes on naturally in their gut that I recommend to my pet parents. And I've included links there too. Um, there's a, a, what would you, she's a homeopathic expert for pets and people, and she's just incredible. Her name is uh, Julianne Lee, and she created a product line years ago called Adored Beast, and it is so pristine and mm -hmm. beautiful. And those are two products from her line that I love, and I've included there too for pet parents to check out. That's pretty powerful stuff. And I think I think we're all gonna have to check it out. <laughs> good. good. I, I, am, I am definitely interested in the C60 thing because I mean it is something to really investigate and, and, and see what the merits of it. And obviously it's been vetted out and being used. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like it's like the secret. It's been working that, for a decade. Yeah, but you would, would you would wonder why nobody's talking about it as much because you know it doesn't, it's not the obvious choice, right? <laughs> yes, and not but not all C60 is created equal. Max's C60 is proprietary. First of all, he's, he's the guy who discovered the health benefits of it, right? Mm -hmm. So even the company that probably sells the most C60 was someone who worked for Max and mm -hmm. doesn't have his formulation because Max is his proprietary. Max has black seed oil, which is mm -hmm. a great antioxidant, and curcumin. Another great antioxidant and anti-inflammatory, that's the powerhouse ingredient in turmeric. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so for people and for pets, it's not all created equal. So that's why I love his, his stuff, because I know he's got really high standards, and I know he's got the only formulation that has all these other things in it. So, Right, right, yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, it's really, it really is important to care for our pets well and to give them optimal health, because yes. if we optimize their health, then we optimize healthy longevity. Um, yeah, we have pets, them longer. Yeah, pets live a lot longer than people think they will if they are treated appropriately. Yes. And the thing about it is that having a healthy pet that lives a good long time actually is a benefit for us as humans too, because it has been scientifically shown. The research has shown that pet owners live longer. So yes. you know, by taking good care of your pet and having your pet longer, it's actually helping you improve your health and extend your own life. And when we talk about extending our lives, 
we want to extend them in a healthy, happy manner because, I mean, it serves us no purpose to live longer if we're unhealthy and miserable. Absolutely. So pets help to contribute to that healthy longevity. Yes, absolutely. Um, should we debunk another, I don't know if you'd call it a myth, but something pet parents are led to believe that isn't true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Vaccines. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are <went> probably <laughs> for people and pets are probably one of the greatest creators of disease. Why? Because the body isn't meant to have all of the things that go into vaccines. Now, when your pet gets a rabies vaccine, there isn't only dead rabies in there. There's aluminum, mercury, um, and a lot of other things that are toxic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of behavior issues, um, as well as physical issues like skin conditions and gut issues, um, but aggressive behavior issues have not been put together by pet parents with a vaccination history, but are contributing or the cause of these symptoms. So this is the sort of myth that you have to get your pet vaccinated and boosted every one year or three years. When your pet is a puppy, when, you're, when your animal is a puppy or a kitten and they get their, their baby shots, um, with dogs, they get the parvo and the distemper. It's like a, you know, three or four. That mm -hmm. almost always gives them immunity for life. So you never have to get another one of those, no matter what your vet says. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rabies usually lasts for years. We're talking seven, eight, nine years but could last a lifetime from those puppy shots, those, those two puppy rabies vaccines. And the best way, the healthiest way for your animal to know exactly where you stand is to do what's called a titer test. And what a titer test is, in case you don't know, or the audience listening isn't familiar, is they take blood and they see how, what the level of antibodies there are in the blood and whether it goes, it falls above a threshold that indicates protection from rabies. That threshold is 0.5. Now, my Jasper, one of my dogs, I titer tested him in 2016. He hadn't had a rabies vaccine in a few years. And he was at 10 Mm -hmm. 0.5. He was at 10. Mm -hmm. Three years later in 2019, I titer tested him. He was at nine. Mm -hmm. You see where I'm going? Right. It lasts a long time. Now, so, the that, however, is that works really well if you live out in the country or you're living in the county, but most cities 
require you to have the pet licensed. And part of that licensing process is that they require you to have vaccines. I'm getting there. And that's not only in the city. Mm -hmm. Most states require vaccination licenses. Mm -hmm. I just never did because I don't take my dogs to daycare. I don't board them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just, I just don't because it's more important to me. If you are in a situation where you have no choice, now we have choices, you know, my Jasper has to travel to the UK. Mm -hmm. There's no way that he's going to be able to travel without a rabies vaccination. I just did a YouTube video today with him to talk to pet parents about how we mitigated the vaccine that Jasper got Mm -hmm. yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are ways to do that. And I welcome pet parents to reach out and I'd be happy to walk them through. Um, But if you have to, if there's no other boarding facility or groomer or daycare that feels the same way you do about putting this in your pet's body, or if you have to travel, then there are things you can do. Number one is build up that immune system beforehand because it'll be a stronger system to fight the the side effects of this vaccination. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can give them something called a rabies tau toad. And I don't know if we have the time to go into rabies tau toads, but it's a homeopathically prepared rabies, uh, part of a rabies vaccine. And there are instructions about how to give it and it mitigates some of that fallout, which is what I did for jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and then never vaccinate if your pet is unwell or just under the weather. Right. Because mm-hmm. their immune systems are already weakened and already trying to battle whatever they're going through. Don't put them through more than that. But for people that don't have to, they do have the choice to not. Don't. Mm-hmm. Don't. Because the fallout of it is far greater than the protection that they tell you you're getting, which your pet probably already has. Mm-hmm. That's vaccines. Um, We talked about toxins. We talked about nutrition. We talked about learning a complementary form of healing modality so that you have a good tool in your toolkit Mm -hmm. and know what you can do from home and when you have to go to the vet. And we talked about the responsibilities about having a pet And what's so important for that pet to be, to thrive, you know, we covered a lot of ground guys. We We did. did. We did very, very well. We We did. We did. did. One tip for pet parents too, about when they need to go to the vet versus when they can treat from home, if they know what to do. Um, It's something called beam. If their beam is good, like a beam of light. Mm-hmm. then they can treat at home. And what BEAM stands for is behavior, energy, appetite, and mood. If mm-hmm. all of those things are normal for your animal, you're okay. They're okay. You can treat from home. If the BEAM is off for a day or two, 
go to the vet. Better safe than sorry. Get it checked out. But an empowered pet parent gets it checked out and then can hear what the the prescription is, what the advice is from the vet, and make an informed decision about what they want to do moving forward. Now that they know, do they want to treat themselves? Do they want to go to a coach who is natural? Do they want to go to a homeopathic veterinarian? Or do they want to give pharmaceuticals? Because pharmaceuticals always fall out, suppress it. Right, right. And when you suppress, it goes deeper. If it can't express in the way it's been expressing the body, it'll express that imbalance deeper, a level deeper. And over years of suppression and going deeper and deeper because you've blocked the different outlets, that's when you get disease, the serious. Now let's talk about homeopathic veterinarians. Yeah. Do homeopathic veterinarians only use homeopathy? It depends on the vet. I mm-hmm. have met um, and have mentors that only go to pharmaceuticals as a last resort mm-hmm. um, and some who don't use them at all and is, aren't even familiar after 40 years of practicing as a mm-hmm. homeopathic vet of what some of these newfangled pharmaceuticals are and what they do. So it really depends on the vet. But mm-hmm. the biggest difference between a homeopathic vet and a conventional vet is besides the fact of the pharmaceuticals is that a homeopathic vet is going to spend an hour, an hour and a half with your animal um, and is going to learn every symptom and the way your individual animal is expressing that symptom and is going to observe the way your animal presents him or herself. And at the end of that case taking, we'll have a good idea of the remedy that's right for your individual animal presenting right. their individual way of the symptoms that they're presenting. So and that what we're really is the talking whole thing. about there is personalized pet care. Yes, but but even deeper because it's holistic pet right. care. It's mm-hmm. what's going on in their mind, mm-hmm. in their bodies, and how mm-hmm. they're expressing all of it. And I like that you said that because that that is something that um, I I always focus on with human medicine is that so much of illness actually occurs in the mind. And that's not saying that the illness is not real in the body, but a lot of it does start in the mind. Yes. And so a homeopathic vet actually is is more like our functional medicine and concierge and homeopathic physicians. Yeah, so takes all uh, of that into account. And I'm so glad that you brought that up, Dr. Cheryl, because really what we've learned over the years is we are what we think about all day. That part. What we allow into our minds often enough so that it goes into the subconscious mind. So we believe it to be true is exactly what we create in the world. Mm -hmm. And if we don't learn to control our minds, then our minds, which are so beautiful and powerful and can create pretty much anything we want our lives to be, 
are going to just run willy nilly and be, you know, externally motivated, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Instead of us controlling internally what we think and then expressing it through our actions. And then the universe meets us back with what we put out. So it is a beautiful concept. It's something I teach my pet parents too, because when you take in any new information, you've got to come to it from the right kind of mindset, right? I mean, when you see patients, Dr. Cheryl, who are used to conventional doctors, you know, it's an education process and they have to be open. Very much so. (laughs) And there's got, there's faith involved Mm -hmm. and And trust. And trust. Exactly. So it's a mindset that, you know, an openness. So yeah, the mind and the holistic thing is is key. Absolutely. Now, if you had three main takeaway points that you wanted our audience to carry away with them today, what would those three points be? Getting your nutrition right. Okay. So raw feeding is the best. Um, Home cooked. If you don't, cook through, um, and then freeze dried. Uh, number two is avoid pharmaceuticals and vaccines as best you can learn something natural, um, and find someone who can teach you so that you have that power in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And three is happiness protocol. Do more of what they love raise their vibration. Same for you. Raise your vibration. The higher your vibration, the more, the higher the stuff you put out, the higher the stuff you put out, the higher the stuff that comes back in. And for your animal, the higher their vibration, the stronger their immune system is and the better they can fight things off and the healthier and more vibrant they are. Level up. Level Level up. up. Yes. Absolutely. Hurricane, did we answer all of your questions or do you have any uh-huh. last burning question you want to throw out here before I, we I, I have to say out? I have to say Jody she, you covered a lot of stuff before I even <laughs> went there uh, <laughs> but, but but you knew exactly what, what needs to, to be shared with our audience there was one uh, element I wanted to talk about and I don't know if we have uh, you know a couple minutes still but um, it's all it's all about just the, the pet hygiene this is a big question that comes up uh, whether at home or outside then I see a lot of people get excited about you know dog stuff and, you know, uh, clean after yourself and all these things, uh, you mm-hmm. know, from, from your experience, what, what are some of the advices that you can give to people just to whether, you know, for, for let's say somebody at home, uh, if they have a cat or, you know, smaller, you know, uh, animal and, or for, you know, folks that have dogs that actually have to go out. Um, so anything specific that we can talk about just briefly on, on that. The, With regards uh, to hygiene, hygiene, and just, ways of doing it correctly and, and, and maintain it, you know, like okay. uh, tidy yeah. and all good stuff. I, you know, there are a lot of pets with skin issues and that's a long conversation, maybe for another show. Um, and they may require some different protocols, mm. but I generally recommend brushing. And if you want to bathe once a month, okay. But you know, the pH balance on their skin is the way nature intended. And the more often we bathe, the more we disrupt that. When you do bathe, I recommend um, a very simple, limited ingredient, natural shampoo. I love this aloe shampoo by Four Legger. It's a number four and then Legger, L-E-G-G-E-R, because there ain't nothing in it 
but aloe and, you know, it's so pure that it's very easy to wash off. So mm -hmm. I like that because one of my dogs has sensitive skin. So I wouldn't bathe often. Um, and when you do bathe, I'd make sure that it was a shampoo that didn't have chemicals, that didn't have fragrance. Um, that was as simple ingredients and natural as you can possibly find. That, that's for our dogs. Well, the cat's a little different. Kitty cats. <laughs> My Suki, she grooms herself. Mm -hmm. I have not, I mean, if she came to me like in really bad hygienic shape, yeah, I, I would bathe her. But I don't, unless they get really stinky and they're not grooming themselves well, then yeah, I would do the same kind of thing if you have to bathe the cat. Limited ingredient, gentle, natural. That doesn't just say natural on the bottle because you can do that and it don't, it ain't, Ain't necessarily natural, um, but where you read the ingredients and you know that there are no chemicals, you know, parabens, you know, that, that sort trees. of thing in yeah. there. Um, make sure that you bathe the animal in warm water. People are, oh, yes. my cat, my dog hates, hates a bath. And they're bathing it in cold water and the animal oh, yeah. is miserable, you know. Yeah, warm water, not that. too hot. Experience. Not too hot, but just mm -hmm. nice lukewarm water and mm -hmm. get dry them really well. Because, you know, yes. depending on their constitution, the ones that are more chilly animals, you know, they get cold easily. So Chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true too. Chihuahuas. <laughs> yes. And I have one final question before we exit, because it is something that Hurricane and I discussed last week. When we talk yeah. about um, allergies uh, yeah. for people who are allergic to either cats or dogs, what are some of the best way to mitigate the allergens so that they may not have to get rid of fluffy? Two things that I have to say about that. One is just like in our pets, um, your body expressing an allergy is an imbalance in your system. So mm -hmm. you got to get your own gut microbiome in order and strengthen your own immune system and mm -hmm. try and get rid of as many toxins as you can in your body and in your environment. The thing that I did years ago, because I was very allergic to cats, I literally went into a house that had no animal or people living in it and got my allergies so badly. And I found out later that two months earlier, there was a kitten in the house for a couple of hours. So I was very sensitive and I learned about a lab. Uh, this was many years ago. So there's probably labs in this country now that do this, where you send some cat hair or they, they formulate from cat hair, a, mm -hmm tincture, a liquid that you take uh, without, preferably without an animal in the house. I did it from my cat's hair. I had two cats at the time and it still helped me tremendously. Um, and you do that for a month and it desensitizes your constitution, your system through the digestive tract as opposed to the respiratory, which is where all the discomfort is. And right. I found that worked really, really well. So, and that comes all the way back around to the whole thing, the, the, the gut-brain connection. Yes. So yes. On, on that note, um, please 
check the website, check for all of the wonderful links that uh, are being provided for you and open up each one of them because they all have wonderful material that will help you and your pet live happier, healthier, longer lives. So Jody, thank you so much for coming and joining us. And we hope to have you again soon because I know that there's just a whole lot of stuff that we can unwrap when it comes to to pet health and homeopathy. And um, it's an area that so few people really know about or understand. So we, you know, we definitely want to bring you back and increase that that education for all of us. So you know, thank, thank you, you for your thank your you time. both so much. Um, it's my my mission and my passion is to share this with the world. So you know, we do thank that you today. so much for offering me a platform to do that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we hope that you will come back and join us again. And we hope that you tune in for our uh, episode next week, because next week we are bringing Sarah Werp, who is going to be talking about service dogs. Oh, wonderful. We have two weeks of doggies. (laughs) Love that. Absolutely. Definitely. And, you know, I am happy to come back. When you want me, you holler and I will be here. All right, then. Look forward to it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Okay. So you have been listening to Jody Miller-Young, the Hound Healer, and she is coming to us here on Chatters That Matters. Let's talk about it with me, your show host, Dr. Cheryl Bryant-Bruce, MD, the Celebrity Doc, and my co-host, Hurricane H. Hurricane H. We hope that you'll join us again next week. We're on every Monday and Wednesday. We're on the EM, oh man, EMBC TV network. And if you just click onto the network, you'll find that there are lots of wonderful shows on the network. And these shows air on Monday and Wednesday, but they do repeat. So if you missed an episode, you can always go back. Or even if you didn't miss it, if you had an episode that was chock full of good information like this one, you can always go back and watch it again. Not only are we on EM, uh, I can't get this tonight, Uh, EMC TV, um, we are also on the radio network, and that is iHealth Radio. And you can uh, find us on Spotify and a whole number of other places. Hurricane, you tell them where we can be found because we're everywhere. So all, all, all the podcast platforms, uh, you know, uh, and actually we're, we're going to be soon on, 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 on some additional ones such as Pandora. And uh, so even iHeartRadio, we're on it. Uh, we're, yes. we're pretty much everywhere on, on, on the podcast. Uh, Vimeo, YouTube, uh, I mean, the show is just there. I mean, you want it, you watch it, you can watch it 10,000 times. It's always going to be available. Uh, the radio, I mean, iHeartRadio, you can download the app and have it in your, on your phone and just kind of play it over and over. So that's, that's always uh, available. There's also the website and the shows that they're recurring on Stream TV and uh, there's 
three channels there. So you can just pick any channel and these shows just recur. So it's all over Facebook, Instagram, you know, the social media, Tumblr. Uh, I mean, I can just go on and on. So it's everywhere that you can hear it or see it. So <laughs> make it happen. Right. Just, just the information is out there and it's also worldwide. So, hey, everyone around the world, please, you know, chime in, learn. And uh, it's good stuff here. So, And please subscribe and like. And by all means, give us your comments. If you have a show that you'd like to, to hear us do, and I mean anything on health, um, shoot it out there for us and we will find a way to do that show. Uh, this is this is your show. So you know, make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. Thank you for joining us and be sure to come back again. Chatters that matters. Let's talk about it.